Hi, friends, fellow evolvers and curious people everywhere. Welcome to this episode of Being with Sally Wilson. I'm Sally Wilson. And as my special guest today, we have Lyndall Higginbottom, who is a business analyst and project manager and mother of two, and who has recently had the experience that profound change can actually happen quite quickly. Can you tell us a little bit about the sorts of things that have changed for you, Lyndall, and how how they changed, what that process was like? Oh, for sure. I think for me it, it happened so quickly, so soon after having completed that journey with you that um, almost immediately the next day at work, really feeling like I could take up some space, that my voice was allowed to be heard and um, for a very long time have had imposter syndrome. No matter what role I was in, no matter the company, even um, even appearing very confident, mm. I would still feel that way. So I think for me that was a huge change uh, and a real weight off the shoulders to feel like I was an adult at work and I was allowed to be there. I wasn't faking it till I made it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and I think to realise perhaps everyone else was in a similar situation all along felt a bit silly, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Wasting all this time worrying about whether or not what I had to say mattered where I really could have just been having a better time. And um, Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that was a huge one for me. Because, yeah, you know, there are so many of us out there here who we come across really confidently and on paper we look great but you just don't know what's going on in somebody's inner world and what was it who what what was it that actually led you to look at doing this kind of work to begin with like what was it that you were like this has to change i want this to change yeah so 100% um the the catalyst was having kids Right. Um, my partner's amazing. Um, so I think it was also wanting to make sure he doesn't go anywhere. And, and then also just kind of realizing, um, this is meant to be enjoyable, like day to day. It's, it's actually meant to be enjoyable and it just wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and on paper, everything looked great. I'm very fortunate. And, I think, yeah, having these gorgeous kids and thinking, sugar, I am their example. They're watching me Mm. and whether or not I like it, they are going to learn from how I operate, how I see the world, how I react. Um, And I didn't like what I was seeing. Um, Yeah, just and just lost that joy. There was just no spark anymore. What's it all for? Yeah. Not in a negative, you know, um, dark sort of way, but in, yeah, I think I really should just be enjoying myself. Yeah. This all looks pretty great. <laughs> I wish I felt the way everything looked. Yeah. So are there specific things that you thought, oh, I don't want them to pick that up. I don't want them to pick that up. Like things that you could feel in yourself. Cause, cause that's the first thing, isn't it? It's, it's awareness that we're experiencing something we don't want to experience. And, and secondly, it's the question, oh, hang on, can I change this? Yes. Right. 
Yeah. <laughs> so what were those things for you? I mean, you've told us about imposter syndrome, but, but you know, other things. Just not feeling like I was maternal enough to be a mum. Um, because I like to be silly and goofy and, and muck around. Um, and, yeah, I do have a serious side. I've got a kind of a social worker background. And then you're in the in corporate jobs and things can get very serious. And I think I, I was mature at a young age, always taking responsibility, you know, where I can see now I probably didn't need to. <laughs> um, yeah, but I just think... I worried, worry about a lot of things that I probably didn't need to. Yeah. Um, I've read, there was a meme, but I, I took it to heart and it said the first born son is a carbon copy of the mother. And I thought, oh, mate, <laughs> we, I think we need to do something here. Um, yeah, you know, learning to regulate my emotions okay. in my 40s. That's a big one for me. I don't think I'd ever really let myself feel things. So, you know, I've been going on my own journey since having kids and a lot of that has been, um, yeah, trying to wrap my head around um, who I am now since having them. So there's a bit of identity kind of confusion there. Um, yeah, I think that's a really big one. Mm. Feeling like I was at the same point as my toddlers in there emotional regulation journey <laughs> right yeah. and just could you talk to us a bit more about um that realization that you were holding responsibility for other people or for other people's stuff more than well it responsibility that wasn't really yours did you realize you were doing that before you did the work no I don't think that I've yeah not profoundly realized it I think over the years I've thought this probably isn't my job. I probably shouldn't be worrying so much or stressing so much about this or certainly be looking after that to the detriment of something that is my responsibility. Um, but where there was a gap or a, um, even at school with teachers, you know, teachers that ask a question, nobody answers, I feel bad for them, hand goes up. Um, yeah. And it's that sort of mindset day to day you know, feeling like I was responsible for my family, not just for my two gorgeous boys and, you know, being a an equal partner with, with my husband. But, yeah, mm. definitely can see that I was owning things that weren't mine to own. Yeah. It's really amazing to even be able to say that now and not feel guilty because the guilt was the other part. I was going to say, so now that you, you don't, you know, own things that aren't yours, what does it feel like? Yeah, a huge weight off the shoulders. Right. I really feel like my priority has priority. I think I always knew my priority was, you know, working on myself, my relationship, my family, um, but I don't think I felt I could make it the priority because I was spread too thinly across all of the other things that I had decided I was responsible for. Um, yeah, and I think also, you know, in losing a bit of that joy, it's it was like I wasn't allowed to be happy until everyone else was allowed to be happy. Uh, Didn't feel right. So that's kind of where that guilt part came in with the 
feeling responsible for others because it didn't feel right that I should, um, you know, be in a wonderful relationship, um, you know, not be living pay to pay anymore, that sort of thing, yeah. you know, yeah. if others weren't able to have those same securities in life. Yeah. And we're talking about all of these huge changes. <laughs> um, and, and so many of us, you know, we've been taught that deep transformation or deep healing has to take a really long time and a lot of conscious effort of will. And there's something wrong with us if we can't make those changes or sustain them or whatever, right? Can mm. you give us a sense of how long this process of change has taken for you? Oh, uh, depends how far you want to go back. But look, the first time I sought help for feeling unhappy, I guess, or like things weren't manageable, you know, back in 2008 was the first time I admitted to myself that, um, yeah, things things needed to be better and that um, maybe some help to learn to manage how I was feeling was a good idea. Mm. Um, so I did talk to a psychologist back then, um, but it wasn't until I had kids in the last five years that I went and spoke to somebody else. Mm. Uh, and that was the trigger for that was um, postnatal depression after my my second son. Um, yeah, so I think the desire was to feel better, was to try and understand why could I be feeling so terrible mm. when I thought I couldn't have kids and now I've surprised got two, how could I possibly be feeling, you know, anger or yeah. fear or be so overwhelmed when it was just such a joyous, amazing miracle that yeah. it happened. Yeah. yeah. And if you just tell us about like the last, because we, we worked for, we had three sessions, yeah? Didn't we? Three sessions, about a yep. week a week apart each approximately. Um, so you talked about, you know, in the past, you, you, you spoke to someone who helped you with tools to manage. Yep. Um, how has the work that we've done differed from that kind of work? Yeah, great question. I mean, you explained it really well to me at one point, but it um, it's certainly clear to me um, from experience now that in talking to somebody else, that was a lot, like you've said, around having those tools to manage on a day-to-day -day basis, identifying something before it happens. What are my triggers? Um, what are the stories I tell myself that I need to nip in the bud and kind of rewrite, reframe? Um, and that's exhausting. So for, for many, many years, I have been trying to do that. Yeah. Um, whether it just be, you know, trying gratitude of an evening. Um, when I think something negative, try to prompt myself to think of something positive at the same time. Um, when terrible things happen, not to let them compound in my head. So I was very good at that because um, yeah, it's all my fault um, because I'm <laughs> on top of things because I'm capable and I'm, you know, I've got all, everything I need. I'm fortunate in life. Mm. So I think it's that pressure I put on myself to get it all right, have all the balls in the air, 
Um, and I think even learning about how the mind works, having kids learning about how the brain develops, at what age you're capable of doing what, like it's just fascinating. Neural pathways, like, yeah, I really enjoyed learning about all of that. But mm. it was taking a very long time to make those changes and I felt once having kids and and then working full-time as well and, yeah. you know, how do you, how are you a mother, a partner, a daughter, a friend? Like, how do you... Yeah. How do you do all of this? So there was just running out of time in the day to work on myself yeah. to be the best version I can be yeah. so that and then keep everything else going. The stark difference, um, I think, with this journey for me has been almost like a shortcut um, and I love a good loophole. <laughs> Being able to, to, yeah, to almost have like a, a summer camp. It's like an intensive program where it's like, all right, Lyndall, you've done a good job, mate. It's been a long time. You've been working hard. Let us just give you a bit of a leg up here and we'll do some of this work quick, smart, thoroughly so you're not kind of still wondering, oh, is this going to come up again? Mm. Um, so, yeah, the the experience for me has been instead of it being tools just to manage and identify my triggers and my stories I feel like I've already rewritten a lot of these stories that used to pull me back into the past or made me worry about the future and just didn't give me space to enjoy right now mm. um, yeah just that's been really amazing um, and even has kind of given me my brain space to think of really happy memories that I've never thought of before it's yeah. like I've got an extra room in the brain available now there's there's more capacity yep yep and you know that I, I like to think of it personally as you know we let the pressure out of the balloon you know often there's just this build-up of stress um and when we're and, and and also the whole having to try, manage, try, manage, try, try, try to get better. That's even more stress. And we beat ourselves up when we feel like we're not getting better or feeling better or whatever. We feel well, this is my, this is what's wrong with me. And then that adds to the stress, right? Yeah. But, A lot of times it felt one step forward, two steps back. Just, yeah. Yeah. And, and let's face it, you know, we're very intelligent people. <laughs> if we could do this stuff with our conscious conscious minds and with managing and all these tools and things, and if we could, we would, you know, mm -hmm. we would have made those changes. But um, so often these profound changes can really only be affected in our unconscious mind because that's what's running our lives. And a lot of people forget that, you know, haven't learned that. Um, and it's such a different process. I remember when, when I did this work as a client, um, and we're talking about TRTP here, the Richard's Trauma Process people. So when I did it, I might have told you, Lyndall, I, I didn't think I needed it. <laughs> I did it because I thought, oh, right, I want to train in this. I know I've heard how amazing this is as a process, how quick and effective and safe and people aren't re-traumatized and all this. So I'm, this is great. I'm going to train in this. Well, of course, you have to do the process first, don't you? Um <laughs> And recon I, for you. <laughs> what was that? It was recon for you. <laughs> I thought, oh, this will be interesting. I mean, being the sort of person I am, I threw myself in and I committed and I absolutely followed instructions and 
was very, you know, conscientious. I didn't even know that I was living in a state of guilt. I didn't even know that when things went wrong or when somebody's in a bad mood, I didn't even know that I was immediately assuming it was something I'd done wrong. <laughs> or that it was, I, I didn't know that. You know why? Because it was my normal. Yeah. I didn't even know that was something could that could go <laughs> until I felt, like you said, the weight just lift off and all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is how life can feel. And I yeah. don't even have to work hard to feel this. Yeah, I've was... tried not to get mad that I've not done this earlier. Yeah, it's just I really am excited about the fact that, yeah, I mean, I'm just enjoying every day a bit more now. Yeah. Um, you know, and I've, I've just a better level of confidence that I'm allowed to, yeah, take up space. Um, I didn't realise that that's something that I had done until this, yeah, until I went through this process was really to to see that um, I was trying to make sure that I didn't take up space at work. Mm. Um, and when you say yeah, that, you mean, <laughs> you mean sort of staying in the background, not asserting yourself, not expressing your opinion, that sort of stuff? Yeah, you want to be productive and chip in, but you don't ever want to be seen to be um, aggressive, um, overly confident. Um, yeah, especially in male-dominated workplaces. I've worked in a lot of, you know, a lot of technology, um, like prop tech, that sort of um, area is is heavily male-dominant. Um, so yeah, you very much don't want to be emotional, don't want to be seen too much because you don't know how to manage your emotions all the time. So it's mm. a bit of a protective thing as well. But, and yeah, so it's how really that now feeling like I'm allowed to be a bit weird. Like I enjoy dad jokes. I, I like to have a, you know, a beer and a laugh after work when I can and, yep. um yeah, just not worrying about what that might look like to others as well too. It's, yeah. yeah, just I think my husband had told me for a long time people don't care as much as you think they do, Lyndall. Yeah. Um, that really makes sense to me now. It never did before this process, yeah. just that, yeah, <laughs> this there is about me and how I feel about me and 100%. no one else is having to worry about me and it's not my job to worry about how they see me. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And there were some things that you said after we'd had two sessions together and we'd just met for the third one. You said, and I've got it up here, I just want to make sure I'm getting it right. Now I know I really deserve to feel good. I've never let myself feel that before. And you said, and the same at work, Imposter syndromes disappeared. Before, I felt bitter and weighed down by it, but I was never able to articulate myself in their presence. That's gone. Yeah. And yeah, and that stands true. And that, I'm getting goosebumps. I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> I mean, that is such a huge shift. And there are so many people out there. If you're listening, people, if you're out there listening going, I feel like that. I feel I feel like I can't 
assert myself. I don't deserve to assert. It's not safe for me to stand out. It's not safe for me to express myself. I can't be happy. I don't deserve to be happy. Please know you're not stuck feeling like that. That's not how we're meant to live our lives. Right? Oh, what a waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's not lost on me now too, what a colossal waste of time all that worrying has been. Um, but it's and, you know, and what the, and all the time that I've got back now. So that's I guess that's yeah, it's definitely made me more of a glass half full kind of gal again, which is nice. Just yeah, and and it's not the sort of thing. Don't you know anyone? Don't don't beat yourselves up <laughs> for having tried for so long and not being able to make the, the shifts that you think you should be able to make. It's it's because you can't make that stuff. In your through conscious effort of will, you can manage. You can pretend, <laughs> like you said, fake it till you make it. You can come across as confident, perhaps, but you know, addressing it and resolving it rather than managing it is a whole different kettle of fish. And it just—it's not the laborious process that we think it has to be. It was oh, for sure. There was something else that you said. That's right. You said to me at the start of our third session, you said, um, I was always submissive. I wouldn't have considered challenging a doctor before, <laughs> challenging the authority before. Um, it's like I'm allowed to be an adult now. You know, I approach everything differently now. Yeah. I still call doctors doctor. <laughs> And I realised, I mean, after the process, I went to the doctor and I realised I was older than her <laughs> and, and I was calling her Dr Vicky and, I mean, that was a big step for me to go to first name, Dr First Name. Yeah. Um, I really thought maybe having kids would help me feel like an adult, but I, I've genuinely always felt, yeah, as though I'm... Yeah, imposter syndrome in the rest of my life as well. You know, it's I'm I'm not an adult. I just I'm doing adult things. Yeah. And I'm pretty good at making it look like <laughs> I'm meant to be here. <laughs> um yes, that was a big deal. And I think um challenging a, a doctor or asking, no, I'm sorry, I actually would like to know what other options might be or yeah, mm. it was really um I think in the past had I ever I I would have not said it and walked out feeling annoyed at myself. Yeah. Um well, I didn't even think twice. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And like in the workplace, um you, you you said I'm trying to remember exactly what you said. Um I think one of your one of the guys on your team said, "People, this is this is work. This is work. We don't have to kill ourselves doing this, right?" Um, so, and you'd kind of gone there a couple of weeks before in terms of feeling all of a sudden, "Ah, oh, yeah, this is work. This isn't. I don't have to kill myself doing this. Like, if we can't meet the deadline, we can't meet the deadline. That's just yeah. how it is. Can you talk us through just that? How that?" felt like what the shift there was for you after you did this work oh yeah this has been a big one for me a big change um 
Look, anyone who knows me, <clears throat> knows me, thinks they know me, would think that I'm very confident, outspoken. Um, so it's not like at work I wouldn't speak up or I wouldn't be vocal or I wasn't, you know, a clear presence in the team, et cetera. But um, there was a lot of effort and angst behind speaking up mm. that nobody else would know about. Um, yeah, but after this process, uh, it became abundantly clear to me that I had a job and I had a life. And there's lots of talk, as we all know, especially the last few years about work-life balance and having kids, you know, being able to work from home when they're sick has been amazing. So I'm very grateful for those sorts of changes. But, yeah, to know that work is work and it's, it's there to provide me some, you know, ability to learn new things, use my skills, make some friends. Let's be honest, I don't have a social life right now. Um, but, yeah, just really it, it's it's been rubbing off on my workmates. Um, well, one in particular, I just said, this is a job. Like mm. this deadline is not on our heads individually. Um, you know, and for me, closing the laptop at the end of the day and then just being present with the family has been a game changer. I would quite often, even if I was able to do that and log off, I'd still feel guilty and go and check again later or maybe try and get up early and go in the next day to try and get organised. Um, I still work hard, but I'll, I'll work hard within the time allocated. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, and I think, you know, having that was my boss who said, you know, you are not meant to be killing yourselves to achieve this deadline. I really appreciated that he said that. Um, but for the first time, I kind of didn't need him to say it. Yeah. Because that's my yardstick now anyway. Mm. And what have you noticed when you said you've noticed it start to rub off your your shift of sort of state of being? I'm not going to call it attitude. It's more than that. It's a state of being, right? Sure. Um, how have you noticed that start to rub off on other people? Uh, I'm hoping it's in good ways. Um but it's really not getting stressed yeah. as I used to. Yeah. What are we actually worried about here? Yeah. You know, there's there's a much better perspective on the task at hand and um and its place in my life. Um so I'm not gonna let any, you know, leave anybody high and dry, yeah. but I'm certainly not gonna be breaking my back for an employer when my kid needs me to connect with them right now because they've had a, a hard day or like yesterday a bee sting. You know, that's the priority and I don't feel guilty for, for yeah, drawing the line, logging off and being where I'm meant to be. Yeah, that I, I can't say it enough. The guilt factor for me has has been a profound shift. So not having that guilt being responsible for whether it's family or other situations or even at work for helping carry things. Um, yeah, that's that's not there anymore. It's just it's, it's just wonderful. And and people who are listening or or watching this, you know, the reason Lyndall and I wanted to have this conversation with all of you, because <laughs> if you're listening and watching, you're in this conversation with us 
is because we know that there are a lot of people, a lot of you out there who are experiencing that kind of pressure and stress and however it manifests for you, whether it's, you know, even anxiety or imposter syndrome or, you know, not being able to be assertive. I know you were able to be Lindell, but for a lot of people out there, they can't or prioritizing themselves, that crushing guilt, <laughs> guilt mm. and over-responsibility, over-caring, all that sort of stuff. And we wanted you to know, we just wanted you to know that it can change. You don't have to live like that. Yeah. Is there anything that um, that I haven't asked you about, Lyndall, that you'd like to mention to people or anything else that you'd like to add to this conversation? I think something else that has been a big deal for me is feeling like I'm in my own skin. Um, I know I've said this to you before, but I, I'm able to distance myself from what's going on in my life so efficiently. <laughs> so even I think about giving birth it's like it was happening to someone else. Um, I, yeah, have experienced some pretty awful things and, yeah, that's, I was able to talk about it so easily and that always worried me. Mm. Why is it so easy to talk about being sexually assaulted in the workplace, for example? Yeah. Um, and to see, to understand now that uh, yeah, I had just become quite efficient in um, yeah removing myself from those emotions that yeah become quite clinical. Yeah, uh, and that was that's sad because I look at my kids or just people around me. I think like I pride myself on bringing humanity to work. That's you know I feel like it's important that a job is a job. I'm lucky to have a job, but it is a job. And the most enjoyable thing about it is bringing that humanity to the workplace and then kind of realising that I was so uh, able to distance myself from what makes us human, which is how I'm feeling, good, yeah. bad, ugly. Yeah, that was that's pretty sad. And I'm definitely on the other side of that now. Um, and I think I've got a way to go still with that, just getting used to it. Um, but, yeah, feeling like things are happening to me now. Yes. That's, that's very different. Yeah. And we, in, in, our, in our work, we, we call that um, being able to dissociating. And it's a, it's a survival response. It's a way of coping, right? When, when somebody's experienced trauma, one of the ways of coping is shutting off feelings around it, soldering on. Um, and, you know, just not allowing those, those, not allowing ourselves to feel that the problem is that then we can't feel things we even want to feel, right? Mm -hmm. We just become shut down. We can't feel joy. We can't, we can't enjoy physical touch sometimes, you know, um, and so for that to change is a wonderful thing. I um I find your your description of it being sad, I find that really interesting. Um 
yeah, I get why I, I get why you look back and you're like that. That was sad that I couldn't do that. On the other hand, um, it does provide people who need it with a survival mechanism for a while, mm. <laughs> for a while. Um, and if somebody's listening, watching, who who's like, oh yeah, I can't feel. I shut myself down so I can't feel. Um, please also know that that can be resolved. Don't you don't beat yourself up for it. <laughs> um, it's just your system protecting you. Um, but that can be resolved and you can feel and you can feel joy and you can enjoy feeling, you know, pleasure at human touch again. Um, yeah, that's definitely something that resonates with me. Yeah, the kids quite often, you know, end of a day, I mean, my boys are three and five and they're just all over me. And I just, oh, end of the day, back off. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, nope. And I would retreat. <laughs> and uh, there are a couple of rooms in the house that have high door handles that I know they can't get to. And that's where I would go. <laughs> Whereas, yeah, Sorry, now, Nino, go ahead. I'm definitely better with that now, you know. <laughs> because I remember, I remember you saying to me when I was asking you what, what are you, you know, what are you fearful of? If when you get to fantastic and all this, you know, you're feeling great. What And you're like, oh, everyone's going to want to touch me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, yeah, it's still happening, but um, I was right. <laughs> but, yeah, it's not something that that I balk at. Yeah. As I used to, and again, that like that makes me sad to think about it. You know, these gorgeous little boys. Oh, they're so beautiful. Yeah, and I would just be thinking, can you please get off? Like, yeah. and even just a nice soft touch for me was just no. Nah, yeah. I'm overtired and out of control. I've you know I've not had any time for myself, um, and I think that's another wonderful thing that's come out of this is um, some wonderful intentions that very rarely came to fruition was just some me time, guilt-free things to do for me. Yeah. yeah. And I've put that into practice now, you know, even just doing a bit of stretching, hanging back after work a bit um, at home. <laughs> I'm not going to do my yoga at, at work in the office. <laughs> but, yeah, that's been really nice and I don't feel bad about that anymore because I know my partner's got things sorted and it's, it's not all on my shoulders. Yeah. 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 Lyndall, thank you so much for having this conversation. You know, it's it's so personal for us all um, and that's why we often don't hear people talking about this stuff. Mm. But it's so important because there are so many of us experiencing it. And if you, everyone listening, watching, if you think about your workplace, it could well be the people who are coming across as the most confident people there who are going through this. Um, and once again, just know people, if you're going through this, you're not stuck. You're not stuck feeling this way. Um, it's just so important for people to know that. You know? Yeah, I feel the same. As you know, it's, yeah, I would, I'm just so happy that, yeah, the rest of my life is going to be lived this way. Yeah. Yeah, it's I'm I can't imagine being the way I was. Yeah. 
I'm getting goosebumps. That's a, a terrible thought. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting emotional thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a big, it's a big change. It's a big difference. I mean, you know, this sort of thing is, this is the stuff of, um, I mean, fairy tales is a big word, but yeah, this, this is the game changer. This for me has given me hope that I can be happy and the green tick that I'm allowed to be. Yeah. And I'm excited for my family and how it will impact them, how, you know, being happy on myself. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We had a dress-up party after kinder picnic in the front yard yesterday. You know, (laughs) the fun's happening again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't forget that there is still work to be be done. we're all works in progress, aren't we? I mean, it doesn't matter how how long we are on a, if we're on it, not everybody's drawn to a personal development journey and that's fine, you know, but for those of us who are, it keeps going, but it doesn't have to be coming from a place of, I have to fix myself because I'm broken or I'm not enough or I can't cope or it doesn't have to be coming from that place. It can come from a place of, woohoo, let's go. Let's see how we can feel here or how we can do this or how we can operate in this situation, what we can learn here. You know, it's coming from more from a place of curiosity and joy rather than a sense of pressure in some way. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I had read quite a few reviews of people who had been through this process. Um, And I'll be honest, I didn't, I thought they may be telling porkies. (laughs) Porkies. (laughs) <laughs> you come up with words I've never heard before. Porkies, all right. <laughs> Others. <laughs> um, yeah, I really, I really didn't know whether to believe this idea that there would be such a, an immediate benefit. Yeah. Um, an immediate change. Um, yeah. So that that was a wonderful surprise. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's stuck. I mean, I've told you before, the last couple of weeks have been a bit testy for me, Um, remembering that, you know, just because so many things are so wonderfully different now doesn't mean that everything suddenly fits. So, you know, I I do realise that, yeah, there's, there's work to do still, like you said, or just, you know, I need to keep being mindful. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, that change has been immediate and lasting for me and I just I just really hope (laughs) that many others get to experience this kind of new lease on life um, that we all deserve exactly we all deserve it people you hear that we deserve it we deserve a good life yeah Linda I'm so grateful to you really so grateful um that you've you've had the courage to share your personal story and experience, um, and and to put it out there so that other people can know that they're not stuck. Yeah, it's yeah. No. it's such a gift for everyone. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Sally. And listeners and watchers, thank you. <laughs> 
for being a part of this conversation as well. And I look forward to seeing you or speaking with you over the waves next time. Bye, everyone. Thank <laughs> you.